Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Thank you for this amazing prophetic oracle in Joel. Joel 2. And I thank you for it, how it equips and how it stirs us. And here in Joel 2, this is probably the most famous passage of Scripture in all of Joel, quoted by Peter on the day of Pentecost, Joel 2 and 28. And I'm going to allow you, if you can, if it's all right, you just stay in your seat. It'll come to pass afterward. This is Joel 2 and 28. It'll come to pass afterward. Now, if you've been here for any length of time, you've heard me preach this. What's he talking about afterwards? It'll come to pass afterwards. After I had my steak and uh, linguine Caesar, Caesar salad, I bet you've never had one of those. After I had that, I went on a long walk after I had it. So when you read this and it says it'll come to pass afterward, you have to ask after what? And so in the context, you go back and you look at the crisis that's taking place. There's judgment basically coming upon the land. There's military judgment. There is, uh, there, there, there's a military problem. There's an a, uh, agricultural difficulty. There's economic difficulty. And the Lord gives them the, the recipe or instructions And I would say, as I said on Sunday night, anytime you go through difficulty, it would be a good time to take a good look to make sure everything's all right with you and the Lord. And um, we've been through lots of challenges and trials, and sure there's some ahead. We have all victory stories. The good news is it is an unbiblical thing for you to ever lose. You'll be through a fight, but you won't ever lose. It might look like to the enemy that you lost, but God's working it for good. Can you say amen? It is an unbiblical thing to lose any battle. Very biblical to be in all kinds. We've been in all kinds of fights and battles and wars. And and as we've fasted and as we've prayed and as we've done our part, God shows up and and shows off all the, 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 the wilderness experience that you might be in is to promote you and to catapult you into the blessing of God. You have to just look at it differently. So this text here, there's all kinds of problems, and the Lord's like, hello, hello. And so he says, blow the trumpet in Zion, sound my my alarm and my holy mountain, let the inhabitants of the land tremble. See, that's why I like that YouTube because it kind of makes me tremble a little bit. Where, where is those that tremble at God's word? When's the last time you trembled at God's word? When, when's the last time you blushed? Do you know what that is? So we start fasting. You start getting close to the Lord. You start realizing, oh, uh, um, you know, it's like Isaiah. He's just ripping Israel. You bunch of dirt bags. Then he gets to like the call of Isaiah, and he's like, wait, I'm a dirt bag. Oh God! And he just gets low, you know. And he's called to to be a prophet, and God comes and cleanses his lips with a coal from the altar. 
this, this thing about fasting and prayer as we come close to God, realize that we need God in this nation and you need God in your family. We need God in Alaska. We need God. We need God more than we ever have before. And I'm just saying that there's got to come a, a, a deep desire and a passion in your heart as a believer. You get close to God. You begin to hear his heartbeat. You begin to hear his heartbeat. His heartbeat is that none would perish, but all would come to repentance. His heartbeat is that people would come to him and be saved. His heartbeat is that you and I would walk in purity and wholeness. We'd not have any idols before him so that he can wrap his loving arms around us and bless us, his children. That's his heart, and sin keeps us from that. And distraction and idols and oh my gosh. Wow. So it shall come to pass afterward. It's after the repentance, a rending of one's heart. And, and, and a, not one's garment. They would, they would rend their garments. They would rip their garments in times of great grief. He's saying, don't bother, just don't bother ripping your clothes. How about rip your heart? Because you can rip your clothes all you want to. It's the heart that needs to be laid bare before the Lord. And that's what he's telling them. And he says, call a fast and repent and pray. Corey Ten Boom said the depth of repentance is the depth of revival. And I believe that we really need a great outpouring. And the only way that'll happen, I believe, is through prayer and fasting. Prayer and Fasting, fasting and prayer, they always go together. So it'll come to pass afterward and in context, after what? After true repentance, after prayer and fasting, after seeking me and forsaking your ways, then I'll pour out my spirit. And this is, a, this is the scripture that Peter preached. So let me go on. And it'll come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit. What an amazing promise. I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. If you're having both, you might be middle-aged. Verse 29. And also on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens. And that, that's the sky. In the heavens, the sky. And in the earth. So that, that doesn't mean it's in the sky. That means actually like here. Blood and fire, pillars of smoke. Blood, fire, and smoke are the three things you'll see in the earth. The, the sun the, or the, the heavenly wonders. And we've just been through how many cycles of a, of a blood moon? Should we turn to darkness and the moon into blood? There it is. Before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Let me stop. As we're taking this kind of line upon line here, Joel is prophesying that which would take place if they would repent and they'd fast and they'd seek his face. Then there's going to come an outpouring of the Spirit. This is all before the second coming of Christ. And I've heard it taught before. Oh, no, that's going to happen after. Oh, there's going to be some amazing stuff happening after. But this is before because the great and awesome day of the Lord is the second return. It's the return of Jesus. The eminent, we call it the eminent return. You know what eminent means? Eminent danger. You ever heard about that? Eminent means it's going to happen, honey. It's happening. He's coming. Amen. Amen. And it shall come to, pa call, come to pass, 
part of me. And it shall come to pass that whoever, this is verse 32, calls on the name of the Lord. Now, I don't believe that's like, you know, you're just shacked up. It's a 70s term. If you don't understand it, it's all right. You're all up in your sin. And then you're, you know, you realize, Jesus! And, and then, you know, that you get saved. Okay, by all means, if you end up in trouble, call on his name. Amen. But, and I, I've read this before and thought, isn't that amazing that you could just be like, Jesus! And then you just be saved. And I, and I believe that's true. But I also think it's referring to those who call on his name day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, a daily lifestyle of calling on his name. Is anybody calling on his name? I would encourage you to be someone that calls on his name. Can you say amen? Amen. Don't just be somebody that calls on him when you're in trouble. Be someone that calls on him all the time. Calls on the Lord. So I really think it's a lifestyle, ongoing prayer. You know what the New Testament equivalent is to watch and pray. That's what Jesus would say, watch and pray. It's a New Testament equivalent to that. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, they're really they're really together. Mount Zion is a small part of Jerusalem, but they're they're together. There shall be deliverance. In chapter 3 talks about the most dangerous city on earth is Jerusalem. It's really saying that no matter what you're going through, God will bring deliverance. Come on, say that. No matter what I go through, God will bring deliverance. Wow. Can you do it? Can you, you're like, yeah, I can, I can call on my hands. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, uh, I'll just take the seven-minute one. We're all going to watch a section of it. I want you to feel it for a second. Now, how many of you know who David Wilkerson is? David Wilkerson wrote The Cross and the Switchblade, I believe. He was the guy that started Teen Challenge. He was a farm boy out of Pennsylvania that got called to New York City during these... He, he, he saw some news about a gang fight and somebody getting stabbed and he felt the burden of the Lord to go to New York City and he went to New York City and he became an evangelist there in the city and started the Times Square Church which is still there today and he uh, was really a tremendous prophet to America and uh, he wrote that what's that paper he put out he had a monthly news newsletter that he put out all the time that was again World Challenge, thank you so much. And I used to look forward to that and um, used to just read it. And the articles just like set my heart on fire. There was something about this this man. And uh, so I just want you to hear this for a second. Go ahead. Make sure there's sound. Thank you, Lord. For those of you online, we apparently had to turn the sound off uh, for copyright reasons. You can find it perhaps later. Call to anguish comes right up. Long version, short version. You know, I hadn't 
planned on showing that. I'm all for the joy of the Lord. It's my strength for sure. But the real joy from the Lord comes after you go through the anguish and the repentance and real joy, real power, real breakthrough, real, well, outpouring. Real outpouring comes in. I just, I don't hear that kind of preaching anymore. I'm not here to beat you up. I'm here to empower you. I'm here to equip you. I'm here to spur you and stir you to righteousness and to truth. Revelation of hell is a good thing. If you don't have a real understanding of hell, you'll never really understand what you were saved from. We can't earn salvation or revival. Let the Lord do something in your heart tonight. I'm going to ask you, DJ, to sing whatever comes to mind. And would you just let the Lord touch your heart tonight? I don't know all the places we're going, but I feel the presence of God here tonight. And I feel a call to holiness, a call to purity, a call to come out from among them and be ye separate. Not talking about leaving the world, but talking about leaving that apathetic, lethargic heart that has no burden, has no anguish, is not willing to sacrifice, and is seduced by TV, the internet, and our phones, addicted to screens, and is not moved by the condition of broken human beings. I don't go to Walmart a lot. You know why? Because it's upsetting and potentially dangerous. Seriously, Pastor? I definitely don't go there around midnight. It's a great place to witness, great place to minister to people. I don't know where your heart's at. Come on, just lift your hands, lift your heart.
So God, in this third day of the fast, online, all over the world, those here, we ask for you to quicken us, for you to put your finger on things inside of our lives that displease you. And we wouldn't play some stupid religious game and usher it away, sweep it under the carpet, just wink at it. You're not winking at things. You crucified your son. You took sin head on for why we were yet sinners. You died for us. So God, on this sober night of prayer and fasting, January 9th, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and clean house I ask you to expose every evil. I pray and ask you to expose any, anything that's evil maybe in the church, anything that needs to be exposed in my life, my family, my marriage, my, my, my children, anything that needs to be exposed here in this house, in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in your mind. I don't know of anything Honestly, nothing jumping out at me right now. But God, you know how to put your finger on things. So we position, we, we come as the priest between the porch and the altar, weeping. God, give us your heart. Let us see the way you see. Let us feel what you feel. That we would be your hand extended to this community. We would be your hand extended, Lord, to those online. Holy Spirit, send 
pure fire. Send your fire. Revival fire comes. Outpouring comes only out of prayer and fasting. It comes no other Won't you just talk to God all across this place? Come on, just talk to him. Ask him to show you. Come on, make this a prayer meeting. We're not, I'm not going to keep you here till 10 o'clock and try to get you to weep over something. I, I, that's not what I'm trying to do. Just trying to be led by the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit. Not condemnation. Condemnation's from the devil. Conviction is where you know you need to ask for forgiveness. You do, and then you receive it, and you change. And then like Nehemiah, Nehemiah didn't really do anything wrong, but he, in a place of identificational repentance, stood and repented for the sins of his fathers and those who've gone before. Sure, he wasn't a perfect man either, but he wept and he cried. so many babies that have been murdered. There's so many atrocities. Oh God, at this time of prayer and fasting, come and touch our hearts. Awaken us to the promise of the outpouring of the Spirit, but it comes afterward. We give ourselves to pray. We sanctify ourselves. Here's the words you don't hear too often. We consecrate ourselves. We set ourselves apart for the purpose of bringing your kingdom. We set ourselves apart. Come on, only you can do that, won't you? I invite you. Consecrate yourself before the Lord right now. We set ourselves apart to fast and pray. I'm believing for 100 people in morning prayer. Got way more than 100 people here. Can you imagine if that happened tomorrow morning? Wow, 7 a.m. Well, I'm busy. Change your schedule. Set some times to seek it. Let the Lord lead you. Come on, lift your hands all across this place. Holy Spirit. Thank you for the promise of the outpouring that comes to a people who would fast and pray and seek your face day and night night and day, calling on the name of the Lord, having a prayer life, an ongoing prayer life, not something that's, you know, a, an emergency parachute that we would pull when we find ourselves in trouble. We would walk, we would abide, we'd remain in you and bear forth fruit, as it says in John 15. We pray your will being done, then we see it being done. We not only know you can, we know you're willing. You came for the seek, for the sick. You came for the lost. You came for the hurting. And yet, yet it amazes me that you, you then almost limit yourself by giving us the keys of the kingdom. It's a jurisdictional thing. The God of this age has been given the title deed to the earth. But then you reach across for those who will believe on you and your death, your resurrection and receive your repent of your sin and you bring us out of this kingdom into the kingdom of your son and you give us a new identity and you give us a new citizenship even in heaven 
And as citizens of heaven, you leave us here in the earth to pray your will being done in the earth. It's a jurisdictional thing. And then you move. And so God, I'm asking. We're asking. Come on, lift your voice. We're asking and we're praying for a great outpouring, for a great deep repentance to sweep the land. I'm reminded of the Hebrides revival and how when you poured out your spirit there it started with some senior saints up in their houses and they trimmed their lamps and they would pray all night. A bunch of grandmas got together and began to pray. I thank you that we have that. And Lord, at the response to that, you sent, you sent uh, Duncan Campbell. Is that his name? I think I got it right. And he came. A young evangelist came and he preached until the fire of God fell in the Hebrides. So powerful they could not lift their pints of ale off the bar anymore. The jails closed. People began to come in droves. Could it happen again? It can happen again. God wants to do it again. He's looking for a people who will separate themselves. He's looking for a people who will pray and contend. Say, well, God's not done it for me yet. Well, have you resisted to the point of shedding blood yet? Have you done a 20-day fast? Have you, have you done a 40-day fast? Have you done your part? There are levels of breakthrough that not everybody's going to get to because they're not willing to pay the price. I heard Benny Hinn in some meeting long ago. He was in this meeting, and he's power of God all over the place, his partner's meeting. It's 25 years ago. And his hand reached up to heaven. He had tears running down his face. And he says, oh, the price to pay. The price to pay. I thought, what is he talking about? That's not even biblical. And then I got a couple more years under my belt. And I realized, uh, yeah, he's not talking about Jesus paid the price. But there are people who will not pay the price to walk in holiness and purity, to see the power God put on display, willing to have a compromised life. I, that's not thats not me. I, I'm, I'm not going to do that. And I'm not going to teach you that way. I refuse to do it. I can't. I just can't. I won't. There's no, there's no real joy there. Come on, lift your hands. Come on. I hope you're being encouraged. Pretty intense service. Come on, lift your hands to heaven all across this place. God, give us a fresh baptism that is born out of a, a depth of repentance. Lord, not only for our own selves, but for our nation and for our family and, and for where we, we didn't do it right, maybe. Lord, we pray that you would put your hand upon us. That we would pray the prayers. We would pay the price. Death to our flesh. Death to our agenda. And yes, to the life of the Spirit. Yes, to your word. We'd put away the things that, that would try to beguile us. We would be a people set apart for the power of God. A global outpouring. It is more than just one person paying a price of prayer. I believe it's a company of people and I believe that God has raised up a company of people here that'll do whatever it takes to see his kingdom come. Can you say amen? Do whatever it takes to reach the lost at any cost. God, we thank you. One more time, just let the Holy Spirit examine your heart. And I think I'm done. Hallelujah. Show us. You know we're rising up. You know we're setting down. Make 
Search us and know us, oh God. Lord, thank you. Phil led to share this. I heard a, an interview by uh, Oprah Winfrey was being interviewed. And in the interview, Oprah Winfrey talked about how she was in a, um, a church meeting. She was going, going to church, I guess regularly, and she heard her pastor say that God is a jealous God. And when she heard the pastor say that God is a jealous God, she instantly flipped in her relationship with the Lord and say, you're jealous of me. I don't want to serve you then. And she rejected the Lord and turned. And you know her story, perhaps. Do you know what that means, that God's a jealous God? You might not know. So for those that might not know, I'll just, I'll share it with you. I'm not a jealous husband, but if something tries to touch my wife, I'm a flat killer. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you, you watch me come right off the chain. There wouldn't be anything cute about it. You can call me a jealous husband as much as you want, but there would be somebody lying there. Amen. Game over. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, so I don't walk around worried about that. The Lord loves you so much, he will kill anything that's crossed over the fence to try to rob you of, his, of your relationship with him. He's trying, he's trying to open your heart. It, he's, he's not the one with the problem. He's... And he knows that this, there's many things that vie for us to pull us away, to dull our hearts. So many dull-hearted people. Now, you know what I mean by that? Not vibrant towards the Lord. You can see when somebody's on fire. You know why? It's in their face. They're, they're like, there's something that's like, they giggle, there's joy, they're, they walk around laughing a little bit. And it's like something almost crazy about them. And you know what I'm talking about? Those that look to him are radiant. You say, well, not everyone. Uh, yeah, actually, every spirit-filled person I know, and I got lots of scripture to back it up, every spirit-filled person I know that's free. It's not that we don't go through grief. We do. But you go through and you come out the other side. It's not that you don't have weeping. And there, there's not that there's times of not mourning and, and sorrow. That's real. But the life of a believer that's living on fire and in step in relationship with God has joy. And if you say you're serving God and you have no joy, then you have to ask God to show you what that's about so that he can heal you. And I, I know there's people who struggle with sickness and, and I, I know that. Heaven's a happy place. <laughs> I said, heaven's a happy place. And there's no more tears there. There's no more sorrow. There's people just rejoicing and worshiping. I hope you got something, kind of an unusual word. Put your hands together for Jesus. All across this place, those online, if you're here tonight and you're not right with God, well, why don't you get right with Him? He said, well, I'm not as on fire as I used to be. Well, He didn't move. He said, well, what do you mean by right with God? Have you ever given your life to Jesus? Have you made a decision to live for Christ? Are you born again? Are, are, are you born again? Have you, have you received him? Have you repented of your sin and believed on the Lord? Are you born again? What do you mean born again? John 3 talks about it. But let me just say, if you don't know what I mean by that, like 
You can't remember when you gave your life to Jesus. Doesn't mean you remember ex the exact date. I can hardly remember my anniversary. That's why I carved it on the inside of my wedding band. I know the general period of when I gave my life to Christ. Something happened. He came into my life and it was real. I'm just like, whoa, what's that? And it's like what I've looked for all of my life. The love that I looked for all my life just came in to me and, 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 and he changed. All of a sudden, I couldn't curse anymore. I backslid a couple times after that, but eventually. It's because I had so much pain and anguish and, and, the, and the wrong kind of pain and anguish in my head and my thinking, dysfunctional thoughts and a lot of, a lot of unhealed places. And I, you've got to renew this if you're going to walk in newness of life, right? If you've never given your heart to Jesus or you need to recommit, well, for the love of God, do it tonight as I close this service. He said, well, I, I just want to be sure because I'm not sure. Okay. Well, I'm glad. All across this place, every head bowed. You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or you want to make a recommitment to him? You say, that's me, Pastor. Would you lift your hand all across this place? You say, that's me. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. That's real. It's good. Thank you. Come on, just going to give your life afresh to him. Anybody else? Those online. Would you pray this prayer? Let's all stand up on our feet all across this place. Pray this prayer with me right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life, come into my heart and be my Lord, be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray. Let your power come upon these now. Be filled. Be free. Holy Spirit. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.